0: Um, we normally do a segment with uh, Chris where he actually kind of gives a small update to the 120 families he he represents um, for the week. Chris, do you want to give that
1: small update? Well, I was um, already leaning into it when I said we've never seen a greater divergence between um, the facts on the ground, the expectations for the economy and the markets. So as uncertainty is extremely high, you know, we remain... Uh, pretty cautious, um, but the markets also have rallied to an all-time high. And again, as we talked about earlier, this is not uncommon; it's to be expected. Uh, this retracement, though, has put all the others in the dust, just as the speed of the decline and the speed of the recovery have. So this is really uncharted territory, and you know we're we're <laughs> we're watching. Although um, I would say. There are still um, many areas of the market that have not recovered. And uh, while there are fewer and far between, there are are pockets of value. And um, just listen. We all have to be attuned to what's going on around us. I think listening to what is said by friends and neighbors and listening to what's uh, especially not said um, by those who are our leaders, who are um, thought leaders, who are um, important in your lives. This is a very uh, stressful time. And I think again, you know I've been saying this for a while, but we're all working through things even subconsciously or unconsciously that uh, we're not fully aware of. So we've got to be gentle and kind with ourselves as well.
0: It's an interesting time. Um, you know, uh, Roger, I don't know if it's obvious that Chris is black or if I've mentioned it before. Um, but you know, he doesn't look black. If
1: you see picture. <laughs> yeah. sure. um, I have some, uh, you know, on that note, it's funny. I was talking to my son about this. And, uh, I always do have a little survivor's guilt because I'm uh, very fair skinned and just by color of Louisiana law, I had, uh, you know, they put Negro on my birth certificate, but we are a mixed race family. And you know, I've, I've been stopped by the police and, uh, I've been stopped by the police and had friends in the car who skin color happened to be darker than mine. And on a couple of occasions that happened, uh, once in Baton Rouge and once in Louisiana and once in New Orleans, Louisiana. And the police separated me from my friends, um, you know, uh, thinking I was white um, and had them in one case in Baton Rouge lay on the ground with their hands behind their heads as if they had done something. And I was the one driving. It's very interesting um, and very jarring to experience that personally. And you can see in real time and in your real lived experience, the difference in treatment.
0: So this is, you know, I I thought of you first when I started to see the riots. I don't know if that's the right association or not, but I thought of you partly because of the things you've talked to me about over time and history in your family. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't actually know what to do, right? Yes. uh, You know, I understand that prison sentences are higher for black people. I understand um, that there's a lot of social injustice, but like, what do I do? Like, I'm not going to go march. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not because I don't believe Mm -hmm. that uh, every black person has the exact same right as every, I mean, Roger and I are both Indian, Mm -hmm. um, or as every white person. Uh, Clearly, I think about the world in meritocracy terms, not in racial terms. One of my friends, by the Um, way. um, But I have no idea what to do either, right? Like, what do I actually do? Like, should I really be writing a letter to my congressman to say something? Like, what the hell does my congressman care that I wrote a letter?
1: Yes, Neil, you should do something. Um, If if your good deeds and good thoughts remain with you at home, they stay home. That's not terrible. But there's a, a. a way to communicate your intent. I think one way, very easy uh, way to do it is to support um, some of the protesters' uh, defense funds, um, especially in Minneapolis with a legal defense fund for many of the protesters uh, who've been subject to arrest. That
0: Oh, interesting. Let's actually find a link for that, Chad, and put this in the show mm-hmm. notes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I think uh, many of the institutions that have been fighting for equal rights and equal treatment under the law and social justice southern poverty law center the naacp the urban league um all deserve a mention Um, and again i think the uh, for those who shy away from some of the larger institutions like those i've mentioned i think supporting the protesters uh in word and deed and certainly um, in their defense is a very worthy cause.
0: I, I'd never actually considered this, Chris, um, which is, makes sense to me now that you're saying it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I imagine they have these defense funds in every state now. Yeah,
1: and I was going to say that one of my friends in Baton Rouge, who was uh, forced to lie on the ground, was from Sri Lanka. He <laughs> wasn't even oh. it wasn't even African American, but he was dark skinned so. You know, in in some places, it uh, they don't take pains to distinguish, <laughs> to, to learn who you really are, or what's really going on. Um, so, I hope. That changes, well, look, you know? I,
0: I it inevitably will. Um, I don't. It's interesting. I think people will find different things to protest about later. So I agree with Roger that protesting will happen, but I do agree that. Equality is likely to come at some point, you know, maybe I'm over-optimist, but that's just what I think Well,
1: institutions change very slowly, but you have to recognize the roots of this problem Especially uh, if we're talking uh, in this case, not so much about the larger factors that Roger, you and I discussed earlier And just the, the you know, tearing or change in the fabric of America But the, the way that policing has been done in America forever has been this way I mean, the original... Um, posse comitatus were um groups of men who were deputized to uh, enforce the fugitive slave act to recover fugitive slaves and return them as property back to their owners so it's always been um from its very inception a manhunt and especially targeting african americans um So it's not like the first metropolitan police force, which, by the way, was the city of London in 1824, where they were deputized to keep the peace. It's a different origin story, and it still plays out in the institutional memory, and we see it today very vividly and very sadly. So hopefully we can change that, (laughs) the very core of the institution and how it's done, and move more toward some sort of aspect of community involvement, community policing
0: we we really ought to have Jacques on the, an episode to talk about this. Um, I think that's probably it for today, yeah.
1: All opinions expressed by Neil Modi, Chris Idell, and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Zoe Capital or Heidelbeal and Associates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions.